There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul on Friday afternoon here in Johannesburg, Baruch Hashem, on an amazing Erev Shabbos, sort of sandwiched between the amazing holy day of Yom Kippur and the coming Chag of, of Sukkot HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the way the calendar fell, has seemed to give us a, a beautiful Shabbos, a, a island of tranquility in the midst of the <coughs> hectic preparation that goes with Chag HaSukkot, of the Sukkot, and Abaminim, and all the, all the catering arrangements. But Baruch Shem, we're given the opportunity to sort of take our hands off the, off the kind of lever and just kind of relax and, and chill. Pasha's Hazinu, the beautiful Pasha, the Shira of, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and its beautiful interpretation and messages for, for the Jewish nation. Such an opportunity, such a wonderful, wonderful chance for each and every one of us. I hope your Yom Kippur fast was not that difficult. I hope it was a meaningful, I hope it was an inspiring day, I hope it was a day that you really felt the opportunity to come close to to the abundance from Tarkadish Baruch and to and to pour your heart out and, and really make your innermost desires and, and, and wants and, and and aspirations and goals for the coming year known to him so that Bez Hashem will have the Syatishmay, will have the ability, will have the direction to be able to move and to achieve and to grow in this year in, in Tafshin in Tafshin Pei. <coughs> In the uh, the Pasha this week, Pasha's Hazina, which we don't often get a chance to talk about because it's often during Assessment Chuba. So here's something very, very interesting. We have a, a new name for the Jewish nation for for Klai. So one we haven't heard before. The Pasuk says in uh, Pasuk Tesvav, it says, Vayishman Yishurun Vayavat. And Yeshurun became fat, and they kicked out at, at Akadosh Baruch Hu. This word Yeshurun is is a name for Klai Yisrael. We've had it in davening. We've had it in the in the Karbonus. We say in the beginning of the davening, we say the the love that we love, and the great joy we have, right? That Yaakovinu and Klal Yisrael afterwards were given new names. They were given the name Yisrael and Yeshurun. So Yisrael, obviously, we've, we're familiar with it, the name that's used quite often. However, the name Yeshurun only appears three times. One of them is in Pasha's Hazinu, and then towards even further towards the end of the Torah, in Pasha's Vizay Sabrocha, it appears twice. Vayi Vishurun Melech, and later on Apostle Chavav, Ein Kokel Yishurun. The name, this, uh, this, uh, the name doesn't appear anywhere previously, and, you know, for something to suddenly pop up in, uh, Parsha number 53 of the, of the Torah where it doesn't appear before certainly needs some kind of a, some kind of an explanation. What is, what is this, uh, uh, the name 
Yeshurun and that it's so special that about Klaisel and why does it only appear at the very, very end of, of, of the Torah. So the, the key to understanding it seems to lie in a, uh, in a Ramban. The Ramban in the beginning of, uh, of Devorim, so he's talking about one of the cl- classic rules of, uh, of, of Tanakh. He brings the rule that sometimes we find that names change. We find different people's names appear kind of one way, and then later on with a slightly uh, a different uh, pronunciation. Right, let's say, for example, sometimes you have the word Yainasan, which became Yohainasan later. And we find many others in a similar, in a similar way. The Ramban tells us the Klal is as follows. That we find in Tanakh that names change based on the reason or the meaning of, of the, of the name. And, and kind of in the middle of what he, of what, of, what, of his words, as, kind of, as he's kind of speaking, he says that sometimes the fact that a name changes is a is a shvach is a, is a praise for 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 a person, right? That's that, that uh, where 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 Yaakov becomes Yisrael, where we change the name of Yaakov. Yaakov is not such a great name. Yaakov is a lotion of almost of a of crookedness, of of fooling, right? And and then we change that uh, 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 Yaakov, or in fact the Bnei Yisrael, is later called Yeshurun, which is an expression of of Yosha, of being straight. It's the opposite, right? You said we have before Akisa Seha Toiv Vayosha Hashem, and and Rashi says over there what's Yosha Bnei Adam and Vitoiv Bnei. So, you know, as Rashi defines Yashar as something which is straight in the eyes of, of, uh, of people. So, when it says, Vayishman Yashurin Vayivut, they gave it a name, Yashurin. So, here at the end of the Chumash, so this, uh, this generation, the Dora Midbar, apparently was not deserving anymore. Of the name Yeshurun, they weren't as straight as they should have been, and the name Yeshurun comes as the as the Klai Yisrael is is, re- is ready to to enter Eretz Yisrael, and such a name, such an amazing name of like Yeshurun, is a name you have to deserve. It doesn't. It's it, your names don't come haphazardly; they come when you actually deserve it. The Gemara in, in Yuma on Ayin Gimel Amud Beis that says that on the stones of, uh, of the Chayshin. So we know besides the, the names of the 12 Shvatim were the names also of the three of us, Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, and the words Shifte Yishurin. And again, the word Yeshurun appears there. And the Medrash says that the word Yeshurun appeared on which stone? On the stone of Yoshve, which was the stone of Binyamin, 
where it was engraved, it was engraved both the name Binyamin, the name of the Shevet, and Shifte Yeshurin. That's how the Gemara is explained, and, and, and the Medrash, the Medrash uh, repeats that. And it's uh, interesting that, uh, uh, the, 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 the Gemara says, the Gemara in the Yushami says that it didn't say Shifte Yeshurun, but rather it said Shifte Yisrael. Machlekes, whether it said Yeshurun or, or Yisrael. So, the Rambam Paskins, the Rambam in Ilchus Kleamikdash says that it says, it says the name and it says, because of Lamatami Binyamin, Shifteka. It says, uh, uh, Shifteka and the Kesef Mishnah and the other Nice Kalim on the Rambam wonder why does he say, uh, differently than the Gemara where it's, where it says that they said, uh, Shifte Yeshurun. So the, the Chasim Seifer, in his in his notes on the uh, on the on the Gemara in in, in Yuma, uh, so he says as as follows. He says, "Well, I think that's a very very beautiful explanation." He says, "The stones of the Chayshin have the title for Klai Yisrael, but again, the title depends on the level of the Jewish people, the Doira Midbar, and." The, during the first Beis Amikdash, there it says, Shifta Yeshurun. Because at that time, the, the Shvatim who are, who are straight, who are Yashar, who are, who are righteous in all of their dealings and all their interactions with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and people. And they eat, and that's both in the eyes of Hashem and also in Eine Bnei Adam. So then they get the name Shifta Yishurin. However, in the Bayesheni, where unfortunately there was Sinaschinim, so there was a, a, a total downgrade of, of Benorim Lachavero. So then they no longer deserved the name Shifta Yishurin. So then the, the name too was, was downgraded to either Shifta Yisrael or according to the Rambam, Shifta, Shifta Kup. And this sort of dovetails very, very nicely with another Gemara in, uh, in, in Sechus Peya that says that once the Yishve stone of the Choshen was, uh, happened once that it, it suddenly got, got lost. So the Chazal wants to know where are we going to find such a, a beautiful stone to replace it. So there was the famous story that we learn about of them going to to ben, Dama Benesina to to acquire a stone is is brought down there and and you know Dama Benesina's father was sleeping and he didn't want he didn't want to make him this took place when the Yashve stone was lost so it's, it's an amazing thing how did the stone of the Chayshen get lost Chayshen wasn't sort of a taken anywhere it didn't go to didn't go to battle. Obviously, it was Minashamayim. And as in fact, the Chasm Sofa says, since they no longer deserve the title, Shifte Yeshurun, and that was the title that was written on the Yashve stone, therefore, the, the Yashve stone was taken away and lost, and they know, and they no longer, no longer had it. So we see from the Chasm Sofa the idea 
of what we're talking about. That Yeshurun is a title that a person has to deserve. A Yid has to deserve that title. Yeshurun was probably on Binyamin Stone because since the other Shvatim were involved in the hatred between Yosef and the other on the other Shvatim, right? So um, whatever, whatever on the Madrega they were on, that was a, a Kilkel. But Yaman, of course, was not involved. So probably that's why it was Tafka on Binyamin stones. And, and even there, at a time where it was no longer deserved, at a certain point, it was taken away. So to be, have the title of Yashur, Yashurun, is a challenge and an opportunity for all of us. We'll be back in a moment. This is 101.9 Chai FM on Soul to Soul on the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, we are on radio here in Johannesburg on a beautiful Friday afternoon, as we always do at uh, this time in the show, just to give you the important times you need to know for this coming Shabbos. Today, Pashas, Shabbos Kurdish Pashas Hazinu. The latest time for getting your candles up and lit this afternoon is at 5.54, six minutes before 6 o'clock is the latest time, and Shabbos Kurdish Ends tomorrow night at 6.45, quarter to, to 7. And of course, we go from this straight into Erev Yom Tov. Sunday night is, of course, Yom Tov, the beginning of the Chag of Sukkot. And we know it goes for the next nine, nine days. Beautiful Chag, beautiful opportunity to really spend some time together with the family sitting in the beautiful in the beautiful sukkah, in the shadow of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's protection, because we know that that's the only way we really can survive, that we can uh, uh, flourish and we can we can develop, is in the shadow and understanding that we're completely and totally protected and under the control of, of, uh, of Hashem. We are busy with some of the laws of, of, of Yom Tov in this Yom Tov, uh, in this Yom Tov period, and we are talking about those activities that are permitted on Yom Tov and what, in fact, is is uh, is not. So we said that uh, grinding, let's say, obviously all the malachas before that of, of uh, planting and, and harvesting, saying even even grinding, we said, is a forbidden activity on on Yom Tov, even if it is for the necessity of the foods of Yom Tov. So I cannot. Let's say, uh, uh, grind or mill flour on, on Yanta, because again, that, that malacha is usually done for, on a large industrial scale, for, for like large quantities that will last for a, a long time, and therefore it would fall under the classification of a meleches avoida, which the Torah says you mustn't do on, uh, on, uh, on, on, on Yantif. Uh, but, uh, right, uh, we said, but grinding, let's say, spices, that would be allowed because those are usually done locally. Those are sort of kitchen types, activities that are done just for the food of that, uh, of that day. And of course, they're, they're better and more powerful and more tasty when they're done on the spot. So therefore, uh, that is allowed to be done 
on on Yontif without any kind of deviation. You can do it in the normal in the normal weekday weekday way. However, there are some arguments. I know one should make at least a minimal type of of change in the way one does. Let's say, for example, that uh, you, you kind of uh, turn the 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 mortar a little bit so it's not directly underneath or instead of using a, a mortar one uses a plate or makes some kind of a, a a small change to remind us that uh, today is Yontif that we're doing it just for immediate consumption and you shouldn't <coughs> you shouldn't grind for additional for additional uh, uh, days only what you what you what you need now in the in such a fact that they did allow us to grind uh, spices, let's say, on, on Yom Tov. So that is the, uh, on the condition that the grinding is done with a normal sort of household type of method of, uh, of, of, of grinding it, where you'd use a sort of a small mechanism for, for, for grinding it. But obviously to, uh, to use a, a, a mill or some kind of large industrial type thing, we would normally do a lot at once. That is, that is forbidden because since normally we do large quantities in that, that wouldn't be allowed on, uh, on, on Yom Tov at, uh, at, at all. Uh, you're allowed to, to mash vegetables or, or, or cheese in a, in a grater on, on Yom Tov because the, that that type of grater again is generally set aside to be used uh, 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 again uh, uh, locally in in the in the kitchen for food that one's needs for that for that time. But again, if you need, let's say, to mash for yomtiv, those kind of uh, those kind of foods that you normally won't do in a small quantity, you do it for let's say a long a long period. Of of uh, of time, even though you need some of it for now. So then again, one should make some kind of a deviation or alteration in the way one does it. For let's say to turn over the the grater and and use it bottom side up or or, or something like that. Or if you usually uh, grate it on on a on a plate, put it onto a, a tray or something, something something different. And again. Uh, 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 it goes out saying that whatever you're allowed to do on Shabbos, so that you certainly are allowed to do on, on Yom Tov also. So therefore, let's say the laws, let's say that uh, uh, something that has already been ground. So let's say uh, you can, you can, if you have a, a biscuits, so I can, I can crumb them on, on, on Yom Tov. I can crumb matzahs. On Yantav, because again, since they're made from flour, which has already been through a grinding, a grinding process in, in the past, and we have a rule of Ein Toichen and there's no secondary grinding of something that's already been, been, uh, been ground, so that is, that is, that is permitted. And, and although even on, on Shabbos, so you're still not allowed to use a, a special grinding implement that you would normally use on uh, on weekday. In other words, that, that that it shouldn't look like you're doing it in a forbidden way. However, on Yom Tov, one's allowed to one's allowed to even use a a, a grater as one would on on Yom Tov. We'll come back with some further comments 
in a moment. This is 101.9 Chai FM. Soul to Soul is the program. Don't leave us yet. There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, we're back on your radio here on Friday afternoon. A few closing comments on our Lacha segment before we run away and get ready for Shabbos. So in terms of uh, sifting flour or kneading uh, a dough so that the malacha of uh, of marakid, which is the malacha that encompasses uh, uh, sort of uh, sifting of, of your flour after you've ground it up. So we know that even after you've ground the the flour, so it has the little uh, uh, little bits of bran, little uh, 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 stuff that's imperfections that are left in the uh, in the uh, in the flour. So, and that uh, and and we want to then separate the flour from the from the bran element. So we we uh, we sift the flour in in a sieve, and obviously the. The bran, which is thicker and bigger, remains above, and the finer flour uh, uh, falls through the the, the, the sifter uh, uh, into whatever you have un- underneath. So, therefore, since that is a malacha that's also usually done in a large industrial scale for a long time, so this malacha then is forbidden on on Yom Tov. However, if the flour is already been sifted. And you want to do it again in order to uh, make it even even finer and even more perfect before you knead it into into a dough, or there's let's say a little teeny pebble or a little little piece of wood that that have fallen in it, and you want to get them out. That's fine. That's not prohibited uh, because again, it has to be clear though that you're only doing it for. The fact that I want to use this flour now for food on Yontav, that that would be that would be permitted. And in fact, Chazal uh, say that uh, you would need then to find a small way of deviating, not doing it in exactly the way you do it on uh, 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 during the week. In other words, let's say if you normally would do it into a a plate, so do it straight onto the uh, or onto the table. Or uh, turn the turn the sieve upside down. Do something that shows that you're doing it just for the current food preparation that you need on on uh, on on Yom Tov. Uh, same thing would be, let's say, you buy a packet of uh, of a flour. So since it's usually already been well well sifted, so you'd be allowed to sift it again. On, on Yontav, with a sl- slight uh, de- deviation, if your purpose in 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 uh, sifting it is to make sure that it's a bug-free, that you don't want any other tasty things in your in your cake, in order to to uh, to perfect it. So that would be like again, because you, that you're doing a quantity that you need for Yontav, that is mutter. In terms of kneading a dough on on uh, Yontav, in terms of Consumption for that day that is mutter on Yantuf. So therefore, I can make any kind of dough because if I want to bake some fresh 
bread or challah or, or uh, cake. On Yontif, that is completely mutter, and I can even, uh, I can even uh, mix any kind of liquid and, uh, and solid, solid uh, together, but again, uh, it has to be for Yontif, I cannot need something that I need for after her, that I need for after uh, uh, Yontif, or as we said before, for non-Jews, or for animals, not for not for real consumption on Yontif. And obviously, that uh, you cannot make mud, you cannot put uh, uh, water and and uh, and sand together in order to make bricks or, or whatever like that, because again, uh, a kneading is only permitted for for food for food consumption. Uh, if the dough that you made is is big enough and the type of dough that would obligate you to fulfill the mitzvah of separating challah, so of course. Uh, one has to separate challah uh, when you finish the kneading the kneading process. And even though Chazal didn't allow separating of of uh, of trumas and meisras and uh, on on Shabbos and Yantov, because that's considered a a, a, a tikkun, you're, you're fixing something up, you're making you're making it up. That uh, that uh, since without separating it, it remains it remains forbidden. But nevertheless. When the dough is ready, when the dough is ready needed on yamtiv for yamtiv need, you're allowed to separate the the chayvus since the obligation of challah only came on yamtiv. So there's no there's no possibility to have done it before. So you're allowed to you're allowed to to do it. That about wraps up our time for for today. Just before we leave, we just want to again thank each and every one of you for making the time to. Put on your radio in your car, in your kitchen, and listen to our broadcast. And just to wish you the most amazing, amazing time ahead, both in terms of the upcoming Shabbos and, of course, the great Zman Simchasein of the time of of Yontif of Sukkot that's coming, it's coming offwards. Take advantage of it, jump on it, use it to really bring yourself to new levels of joy, of of closeness, of understanding of what the Chag is about, and of course just relax and have a bit of an easy time. We all need a little bit of a break, so as we close for this week, and we wish you all a wonderful good Shabbos, and of course a Chag Sameach, a good Yom Tov, and Bez Hashem will speak to you in the coming week. Kal Kal Tov.